Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. There used to be an old TV show called Eight is Enough. If you're a Pats fan, after watching what happened in week eight, you might say, it's enough. Cam Newton struggling again. Key, the Pats are two and five. Brady and the Bucks are five and two. We'll see him tonight on Monday Night Football. Much more on that. In 10 minutes, the divergent path these two teams have taken. Belichick and Brady, first impressions of Cam fumbling and then fumbling away a chance to win. Yeah, I, you know, he, he he played okay. He had him in the game, but then in the end, much like you mentioned, the fumble. Uh, it was a great defensive play. Cam should know better that there's going to be some people chasing him from behind. He needs to take that football and remove it away from his body on the right side, put it in his left arm closer to the sideline with the pursuit all coming from the inside angle. And I don't – he just didn't – he didn't switch the football. I, I would have hoped that he would have switched it, put it on his left arm instead of his right. Uh, he fumbled there. You know, it's just – it's been a tough year for him. It's just been – it's been a tough year. Do I think that he is still – could potentially be a good quarterback in this league? Yes. Yeah, he can. He just – things like that just keep happening to him. It was like – it's just like a snowball effect. And He's J- played bad the last two games, and then all of a sudden – this particular situation at the end when I was like, okay, I'm cheering it on as if I'm a Pats fan because I want to see him actually do well and bounce back after those two losses a couple weeks ago. Can we just call it for what it is? Just time to rebuild. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a rebuild, is it not, Key? It might be it might be time for them to rebuild. It, no, it's the not question, might. the question it, it is, is a time for them to the rebuild. The question is, is who is he Cam throwing who is the who is Cam throwing the ball to? Nobody. He has four undrafted <laughs> agents that he was throwing the ball to. Who are the pieces around him? I mean, there, there are no pieces. So, you know, people are talking about Bill Belichick and making uh, operation decisions as far as personnel. Yes, he has to do a better job of doing that. But this team has been on top of glory for a very, very long time. Have they not? He, it's he, okay to say, let's just go towards rebuilding now. He's hit on personnel decisions in the past. He's missed on some and he's in on some. Like everyone else. You can go through everyone's record. Right. Some of the greatest general managers that's ever done this thing and they failed in certain situations. Ozzie Newsome missed. The great ones missed. You're going to miss. I mean, he hit on Tom Brady. Okay, let's just start there. Right. That's just one. Massive win. Right. But but Richard Seymour, he hit on. I mean, there's so many that he hit on and it's a lot that he hasn't hit on. That's what I'm saying, Key. I'm That's taking all. a different approach here. I'm not casting doubt. I'm not saying, hey, Cam's not the answer. Who else are you going to go to? Jared Stidham throughout the whole season? No, I'll stick with Cam. But, like, this, be somewhat – I know it's hard for us to be patient in a win-yesterday type of society. I know we're constantly going to have the debate about, you know, hey, Tom Brady's winning without Bill Belichick. His ways aren't the right ways. But, damn, like, don't, we, don't they deserve some patience? Hasn't – Bill Belichick giving us enough over the years to say, let's be somewhat patient. Patient for what, though, Jay? Like this, for them to have a rebuild year. Yeah, but this, but but it's pretty much it's pretty much over though, as far as the playoffs go. Now you just start to see what players can come back and be a part of what you're doing in 2021. Is Cam going to be a part of that? Are you seeing enough of Cam Newton over the next eight to nine weeks that you say, you know what, we're willing to bring him back? because we're going to put some other pieces around him to make the team better? Or, or are you just hitting the detonator and just completely blowing everything up? Start from scratch. You need 53 new bodies. But that's what I'm talking about. You're telling me how they rebuild. What I'm saying is changing the way people look at the Pats by saying, this team is not a contender for the AFC East. I know they're still in the mix mathematically, 
Yeah, right? I think they pretty much. But this is not that team. I think they pretty much toast. This is not that team, Zubin. So. Yeah, let's now start talking about how they rebuild and what pieces they need to start building around. That needs to be the narrative following the pass. Well, here's one. Stephon Gilmore could be on the move potentially as a, as a draft pick. They could probably get a high one for him, and that's where you start. Whatever other picks that they have. And I think Belichick is smart enough to know that between the salary cap issues and the draft pick issues and not hitting on some key players that's there that they drafted, in particular Nikhil Harry, a receiver that was supposed to be there to help uh, both quarterbacks and Tom Brady a year ago, as well as Cam Newton this year. You got nothing out of that. You Great point about the salary cap. Over the weekend, Bill Belichick doesn't give many radio interviews, and when he gives radio interviews, he's not particularly great, unless he was on with us on day one. Keyshawn made that happen. But for the most part, he doesn't say very much. He was on Sirius XM Radio this weekend and essentially said, look, the salary cap is preventing me from getting the players that I want, and I've really never heard Bill Belichick just go deep on anything like this or even give an excuse for anything. Mm-hmm. They've always been an excuse-free organization, but it was notable. He said that, and to Key's point with Gilmore, look, this is one of the five most trusted or talented or both players in the history of the Belichick era. He could be traded the NFL trade deadline tomorrow, 4 p.m., Eastern time. Now, on the other side of this is Josh Allen, who got his first win against the Pats. And we're asking the Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation this morning, who do you trust more to win in the playoffs? Josh Allen, who's been but has never won a game, or Lamar Jackson? Sounds ridiculous, considering the latter was the unanimous MVP. But 50.9% of you have said, by a whisker, Josh Allen, Mm. including at... DGCB28, hitting us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. This is from DGCB28. Josh Allen can play from a negative script. Lamar, or just the Ravens in general, can't. Essentially accentuating the point, fellas, that the Ravens, when down 10, just double digits in the Lamar Jackson era, have never rallied to win a game. Yeah, but that's based on how they're built, right? They're built a certain way, and they don't have the necessary weapons on the perimeter to allow him to come from behind. There's not guys that, you know, big time receivers, so to speak, that can go up and get a high ball, go up, go down and get something out of the grass to continue to make drives move ahead. They don't, they just don't have that alpha dog. Now, look, if, if, if I'm a betting man in the 2021 draft, they're going to address that issue to bring things forward, whether it's in free agency via trade or in the draft to get Lamar, an alpha dog type wide receiver, one of those big studs that are out there running around college football uh, or in free agency. It's it's tough when you want to run the ball and you want to play defense to come from behind when you don't have an alpha dog. It just is tough. Well, Diggs is obviously that for Buffalo. No and, doubt. Right? I mean, he, he has that piece. Marquise Hollywood-Brown is somebody that obviously went to Twitter the other day because he only got two targets for one reception. That's a that's an ongoing issue. But, I mean, this is also a Baltimore team that brought on Des Bryant onto the practice squad because of their lack of options to throw the ball to. Yeah, Des hasn't played since 2017. I don't know how much you put into the signing of Des Bryant on the practice squad. This year's with the situation of COVID and everything, the, the practice squad is really not a practice squad. It's They kind of hide you there and get you ready, get you up to speed then activate you to go on to the 53-man roster, which I assume is probably going to happen with him if he stays healthy and he's in shape and he picks up the playbook over the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, it's just – I think they'll address Lamar's passing issues after this season in terms of getting him a top-notch receiver. Hollywood Brown is there that can lift the coverage, but they need a they need a guy who is a 
six one, six two plus, one hundred ninety five, two hundred pound pound guy that you could single up on the outside and say, no matter what the coverage is, no matter what it looks like, throw him the football. You know what I hate, Subin? It's and I understand we do this because we're in sports. We're always going to compare. Who would you rather have? Sure. I mean, but we're we're breaking down Lamar Jackson, whose team is five and two. You know, it's like well, you break it down. We breaking well, it down though, Jay, because we're looking at where they're gonna be when they move forward and hit ahead. They they very well could end up as a twelve and four football team or a thirteen and three or 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 uh, uh, a uh, fourteen and two like or whatever. Last year. They can wind up like well, that, but when they get in the playoffs, I understand, Keith. But I guess ouch. my question is to you. You know, when do we start to apply patience to a player that's only been in the league for three years? Like a young quarterback and say, hey, yes, are there are there gaps in his arsenal as far as things he needs to work on as being a pocket QB? Or can he just maybe the way him trying to be something that he, maybe he's not or maybe we have to watch him and be patient with him to progress into that. But, damn, he's still really talented. No, he's good. No one's, no one's knocking his ability to but be But I feel like that's good. what we're doing. That's no, what everybody what, does now. Uh, like, what I'm doing is I'm trying to assess how can they beat Kansas City? How can they beat uh, a Pittsburgh team? The two teams what, they've the lost to. The two teams to. that they've <laughs> lost to. Like, how can you beat them? What are the next steps when you look at but, evaluating the talent? He hasn't had a signature so-called win under his belt. Like, he hasn't beaten – the teams, the marquee teams that we look to and say, okay, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, you need to beat them so you can take the next step. That's happened in a lot of people's careers, whether it's been Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, they've all, Cam Newton, they've all, Tom Brady, they've all had that where it's like, okay, he needs to beat them. I hear you. Who's the best team in football right now, in your opinion? Probably Kansas City. Boom, okay. Best team in football. I mean, them and the Bucs are two teams everybody's talking about. Super Bowl championship contenders, correct? Not everybody. I still I like Seattle and New okay, Orleans. Okay, Seattle. Okay, fine, fine. Uh, that's one thing. And then also when you talk about Steelers, like they should have won the game. They should have won the game yesterday. Watching that game, two interceptions, one pick six at the beginning of the game. Second half, he he threw an interception. The Steelers scored on that drive. But you're still walking away from this game. I'm not saying, wow, Steelers, they're exponentially better than the Ravens. The Ravens made some mistakes that if they fine-tune, they could win that game. You know where they're better at? You know where they're better at? Where? The quarterback spot, man. The quarterback spot. They're better at the quarterback position. More seasoned veteran that's been in the league for a very long time to understand how to win a game. You still have a young quarterback that's learning how to do that. Understood. and, And you know where Kansas City is better than Pittsburgh at? Quarterback, quarterback. Well, and, that quarterback have, and that quarterback is younger than being Roethlisberger. But I also feel like Kansas City is like the Golden State Warriors. How many weapons do they have? Their I'm weapons not even talking lower. about. I'm not even talking about the weapons. What I'm talking about is the quarterback position. When you look at Lamar Jackson, and we have this conversation: of who do you trust more? Do you trust Josh Allen more in these situations, or do you trust uh, uh, Lamar Jackson more in these situations? I trust Josh Allen, but I'd rather have Lamar. Because Lamar could do a lot of different things that could scare you to a degree. Where Josh Allen, I feel like I could dial some stuff up to protect us as an offensive coordinator from him not making the mistake. Where when I look at Lamar, I don't have to dial the passing up because I could use his legs to get what I need. If you put Josh Allen on Baltimore, are they still 5-2 and two this year? 
No, they're not. They're okay. they're probably they probably are they probably drop one or two games more because yeah. because of what Lamar does with his legs. But when I get into the month of December, the January, better yet, and I need Lamar, who's double digits down, to push the envelope to put us back in a situation to tie or go ahead. I don't know that he can do it, not only okay, but, with his arm, but also with the weapons that surround him. But why? what do we say about Cam and the Patriots? He has no weapons. Who is he throwing the ball to? How come that same argument is not somewhat applicable to No, that is an argument. Okay. That is an argument. That's why we're looking at Des Bryant and saying to ourselves, that was the best you could I do. I know, but that seems like it's more of an indictment on Lamar instead of an indictment on the team and the weapons around him. That's what it feels like when we talk about Lamar Jackson. No, what you do is you, you what you do from a defensive coordinator standpoint is you take away the tight end, something that he likes to throw to, and you allow him to try to throw the ball on the perimeter because he wants to throw the ball in the middle of the field. That's where he's had his most success in the National Football League. Now, when you look at the outside guys, whether it's a Willie Sneed or a Hollywood Brown, I'd like to see them have a – Julio Jones or Michael Thomas or, 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 or Kelvin Ridley or, or, or Amari Cooper. Give me something like that on the outside that he can now throw the football to and we feel like, okay, there's a better than not chance that that individual is going to come up with the football despite what the coverage is and how tight the coverage may be. Last word goes to the coach that vanquished him yesterday, Mike Tomlin, saying what a lot of people right now think about Lamar. You know, we got respect for him, but we don't fear him. Uh, and, and so – you know, we're not surprised by anything that transpires. See? Is, Mike, is Mike Tomlin going to tell you he fears anybody? Well, I mean, of is, course, Mike, is Mike Tomlin going to get up on a, on a, a post game presser and be like, we, we, I really fear him? Oh, absolutely, he will. Absolutely. What? No, he, he gonna, would not. Absolutely, he's going to speak the truth. Mike so, T, there's one thing he's going to do is speak Mike, the truth. You're telling me Mike Tomlin will get up on a, on a post presser and be like, we fear this guy. We fear of, him. Of course. That's, if it's the truth. But why that would he lie? Doesn't fear show weakness? Why would you ever no. tell? Why would you? No. Key, would you ever tell your opponent you fear them? Well, no. Keyshawn Johnson be like, I'm afraid of this team. No, you would afraid. never just, say just, that. Just because I'm afraid of the team, I know what they could do to us. Don't mean that I'm not going to go out there and ball. I, I understand that, but you never use the word fear. Because I may not use that word doesn't mean that I'm not concerned with that particular team. They don't. They, Lamar Jackson does nothing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not afraid of him. They're not worried about him. Whatever he was doing good, they always felt was going to come back to them. That's all Mike T is saying. I hear you. That's all he's saying is like, we didn't, we weren't worried about him. Now they see him again in what three weeks, four weeks. When are they playing? Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving night. They play Pittsburgh again. Now, is that a bulletin board material? If you look at it that way, that doesn't motivate guys. It doesn't motivate me because somebody talking noise. But maybe it does Lamar Jackson. Maybe he comes out and he has a, 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 a 18 for 22, 340-yard game and four touchdowns and zero interception game against Pittsburgh, and Mike Tomlin is eating his words. Hmm. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Paul Feinbaum, to talk a little Polly. college football, ready to roast Jim Harbaugh like a pig at a luau coming up at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. Those two are going back and forth, and Harbaugh gave him some big-time ammunition this weekend. Wow, I missed that one. Big yeah. time. The fear, the fear, as Jay talked about. Which quarterback do you fear facing the most? That's the question on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, or Key J and Z. The callers are piling up. James in Virginia, you're on ESPN Radio. What you got? Hey, man, listen, I am a Steeler fan, and to the day I die. But we have to do something about Big Ben. Not saying he's not having a great season. But 
We don't know when the injury's going to happen again. We got to make our move. We can't have no Duck Dynasty. We can't have no Rudolph. We got to make our move, and we got to do it now while we on top. Say, man, where you where, where you at? You calling us from speakerphone? Where you at? You at work hiding under, in a dungeon or something? You got high ceilings, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I had to get away. I had to get away from the job, man. Coming out here from the COVID. That and sounds you guys know how much I love you guys. And hey, Ben is doing his thing, but we got to go and compete with the quarterback that's in the AFC. We got Mahomes. We got Jackson. You guys been talking about this all morning. We gotta compete with those guys. And Ben is just I think he's doing it a great job. He's having a great time, but I think that's gonna to come to an end. He Nick said he got age, six or seven more years left. Well, not literally. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a guy that might have six or seven years left, considering he's the ageless wonder. That's Tom Brady. This signing by the Bucks is gonna go down as one of the greatest free agent signings in NFL history, right there with the late great Reggie White, right there with Peyton Manning. If this thing works out the way the Bucks won. Let's just say for Tom Brady, after two decades in New England, finding a new home, it has been an absolute whirlwind over the last 11 months for TB12. Take a listen. The move that changed every NFL Sunday in 2020 actually first crept up on a Monday night at MetLife Stadium back in 2019 with this from Adam Schefter. He's thinking about New England. That would mean this is his last Monday night football game with the New England Patriots. Those words uttered in October. These words uttered by Tom Brady right before what would be his last game with the Pats. I'm not much for nostalgia. You know, I'm just pretty focused on what I need to do. And it's, it's this week's felt pretty much like every other week for the last 20 years. Though his last pass after two decades in New England was a pick six. We don't know if the final 15 seconds in the Patriots career of Tom Brady. Sanu in short motion with the right as Brady takes the snap. Drops back, fires underneath for Sanu. Ball's tipped. Intercepted by Logan Ryan, who hops into the end zone. A pick six to end it. For the first time, he became a free agent. And for the first time, we heard an unusual team to consider. Don't discount the puck. Then, it actually happened. This is breaking and coming in as we speak. But we are being told that Tom Brady, barring anything unforeseen, is expected to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He lost his first game and once even lost track of downs. But now as Brady returns to the Monday night stage, back at MetLife of all places, the Bucks are playing among the best football in the league. Meanwhile, the Pats are going in the opposite direction and in jeopardy of missing the playoffs for the first time since, well, the last time they didn't have Tom Brady. And that was on 98.5, the Sports Hub, all of that play-by-play. Brady will play tonight, Bucks giants on ESPN. And the key issue here, I mean, this is brass tacks. Pats are two and five, Bucks are five and two. And right now, Brady is getting the upper hand in the who was more responsible for the dynasty talk. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not buying into that. I'm not going into the Tom Brady, New England. It was him. It wasn't Belichick. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that because Tom Brady clearly has landed on a team with a great defense, a number of weapons, and a decent coach. So it's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Where you look at New England, that cupboard is empty. Like there's nothing. They don't really have any players. And the ones that they had opted out because of the COVID situation. So I, I, can't, I can't just look at it. I know it's juicy. And it, that's the story that we all want. Oh, see, Brady. It was all Brady. It was all Belichick. I'm like, stop, man. 
Zubin. Stop. You know what makes Tom Brady the best quarterback in the history of the game? Lay it on us. His commitment to excellence. This man has Antonio Brown living at his house, living with Keyshawn. Would you have A.B. live with you? No. Okay. Zubin, would you have A.B. live? Absolutely not. It's not. Come live with me so I can watch over you so we can get this job done. I just, it's, it, it's, it's not. That I wouldn't have. I just I got kids and I got dogs and I got every. I don't need an extra body. I'm cool. I don't need to be babysitting no grown ass men. And I understand what Brady's doing. I get it. Whatever it takes to get your teammates going and, and to make sure that everybody is in a good place. I just. But wait, I'm good, man. I like to walk around my house a certain way, and I don't need other people getting in the way. That's exactly my point. Tom Brady has another grown man. Living in his house with him and his like, come live with me to ensure that we get this job done, Key. And, and here's the problem, Key. <laughs> if Antonio Brown lived with you, you couldn't have the delivery man stop over anymore. It could be a big time problem. Stop. Oh, stop. stop. You'd have to go to the post office and pick everything up. All right, for those of you that are aware of AB's travails, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance with I more like than AB, 30. Though. I, I love do have AB. Do That's too. my man. It Talent just, undeniable. Hey. I, I like him, but I just, for me, I just, you know, that's just not me. I wouldn't have you living with me. It's just not. There's plenty of hotels. They got plenty of Marriotts and Hiltons and all that stuff right there at Harbor Island, right downtown in Tampa. We good. They hey. got uh, uh, corporate housing. We good. I just you can come over in the daytime and we can hang out and you can go back to your spot at night. That's what you do when you know you're at full length to protect your best asset. Hey, hey, come stay. You're gonna stay right here. We're gonna get you in a straight line, get it done. Let's win the Super Bowl and then. We'll figure it out from there. Hey, he's eligible to go week nine against the Saints on Sunday night football and Super Bowl 55, as Jay said, would be played at the home of the Tampa Bay Bucks, Raymond James Stadium. That would be something. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance with more than 30 unique coverage options available. Progressive knows small business. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Still to come, Paul Feinbaum putting a stake through the heart of his biggest nemesis. That's on the way in eight minutes. But first, a reminder, starting Monday, November 9th, you can stream the Dan Lebertard Show with Stu Gotts, Greeny, the Max Kellerman Show, Shanae and Golick Jr., live daily only on ESPN+, Plus, along with live sports, exclusive originals, and more. You can sign up now at ESPNplus.com. And as always, you can listen to ESPN radio stations all across the country on Sirius XM and the ESPN app. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. 
Jim Harbaugh is really reeking of desperation right now. He can't stay away from the spotlight. I see no path forward for Jim Harbaugh to succeed. This was another bad look for Jim Harbaugh. Does he have the temperament for college football? I think the walls will start crumbling around. And at some point, I think he'll blow up. I think he'll become I'm frustrated. Getting to wonder after today whether he can handle the heat at Michigan. Nick Saban doesn't need a recruiting advantage. Jim Harbaugh does. Jim Harbaugh said, I take responsibility. We heard that last year. We heard that the year before. If you can't beat your biggest rival, where do you go? We actually had about 90 minutes more of that to take us right to 10 a.m. Eastern time. But for the purposes of expediency, we thought we would just encapsulate Paul Feinbaum ripping and beating Jim Harbaugh the way Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State usually do. And it's great to have Paul join us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Paul, bottom line. It's been 67 games. This is his sixth year on the job, and you can make an argument in game 67, the last one played after all the hoopla was the lowest point in his tenure at Michigan. And, and Zubin, that's the most amazing thing that after all this, he could find a bottom that was deeper than he had already found. Uh, and I, I am... I'm to the point where I'm just fatigued by talking about him, and I know you are, and, and I'm sure the people up in Michigan are, but what is the solution other than Michigan fans continuing to prop him up and, 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 and embrace uh, and enable uh, what clearly is not working out? I mean, this, is, I mean if you, this would be a great program at Rutgers or, or Maryland with this type of record. It's a good record. It's not bad. But this is the University of Michigan, and, and the biggest problem is that the University of Michigan fans think they're Alabama and Ohio State. They're not. They're the University of Michigan, which has won, I think, one and a half national championships in the last 40 or 50 years. Paul, could it be just that they're scared to do anything, which means like the last two head coaches, obviously, are Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke, this is better than that, and they're scared that they – get rid of Jim, that eventually they're going back to Rich Rodriguez or Brady Hoke? Uh, yeah, there's always that danger because uh, in hiring college football coaches is extremely uh, – uh, uh, it's, it's an unknown being. I mean, look, look at Mississippi State. They hired Mike Leach. They thought they had, uh, they, they had hit a winner there, and he just got shut out over the weekend with his high-flying, high-octane offense, which about five weeks ago we were all talking about how great it was. So you, you don't know what you're going to get behind door number one, two, or three, but it, it's, it's, it's okay to be average. Uh, but that's not what the University of Michigan is all about. You guys know that. Uh, you, you, we've all been there. We've all heard that. And, and I, I think they have a really difficult decision to make because Jim Harbaugh just isn't some run-of-the-mill coach. He's a legendary figure. Uh, in that school's history. And when they brought him back, you know, they paid him that kind of money uh, because it was going to be like Urban Meyer coming back to Ohio State or, 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 or what Saban did. It was one of the most significant hires in recent college football history, and it just simply hasn't worked. It has not worked. So should Jim Harbaugh just decide to say, you know what, I'm going to go back to the NFL because when I was at uh, UC San Diego – no one knew anything about me. I won. Or when I was at Stanford, I won enough games and made them relevant. And people thought that I was a great college coach. So now let me just go back and try my luck again in the NFL. And that's the thing that we have to remember here. The Jim Harbaugh was pretty good in the NFL. He went to a couple of Super Bowls and, and nearly won one. So, I mean, I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I think Jim Harbaugh just ought to take a good look in the mirror and say, 
I need to find an exit. Call his agent, and there'll be, a, you know, there'll be what, 10, 12 NFL openings here in a few weeks? <laughs> Grab one of them and get out of there because uh, it, it's just, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I hate to, he's, I don't want to be uh, over, over the top here, guys, and say that he, he's a terrible coach because he's not. He's not a terrible coach. Uh, he's run a decent program up there, and it's a little bit better than it was uh, un, under Hoke uh, and Rich Rod, but that's really not saying anything. Uh, that, that's just saying that uh, you're better than average as opposed to being mediocre. So, mm-hmm. Paul, if that were to happen, if Harborough were to go back to the NFL, who would be a suitable replacement? Who would be somebody that can take Michigan over that hump? Well, uh, I can think of somebody uh, who's not that far away that has impressed me this year and really has been uh, has done one of the most phenomenal jobs in college football. And that's Luke Fickle. Uh, he he was wooed by Michigan State a couple of months ago and turned it down because he knew what he had at Cincinnati. Uh, I'm not saying that that's a perfect marriage. I really don't know. I mean, Fickle's got some pretty deep ties to Columbus, Ohio, but that that's, that hasn't stopped people in the past. But you know, that's the kind of coach that can that can do it the right way. Uh, there are plenty of coaches out there that I would at least give a shot, uh, a, a shot at. But at, at some point, we've all been there and you, you know, we've all had jobs. We've all been in positions where uh, it's, on a, it's on a, in, your, in your guy's case, on a team where you've got to find a path out. And, and, and that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying, hey, Michigan needs to fire Jim Harbaugh today. We, we, that train has, has long gone. Uh, they just need to find a solution to the problem. And the solution is to uh, help Jim Harbaugh see that this is the wrong place for him to be right now. Paul, what did you make of Dabo Sweeney's comments the other day that Trevor Lawrence won't be playing against Notre Dame this coming weekend? That's a good question, Jay, and I'm still not sure I, I, I know what's behind that uh, because it seemed like it changed pretty dramatically than when we were all together Friday morning. I, I'm guessing uh, that somewhere uh, in the protocol, it, it just seemed like it was going to be extended a little bit deeper than uh, we originally thought or perhaps beyond this Saturday. Uh, Dabo mentioned the heart issue, where, which means that, he has to, that Trevor has to take a, a test for myocarditis, but that's, that's a 10-minute test. Uh, that, that shouldn't keep him out of the game unless, unless, unless we don't have the dates right. Uh, or maybe there's something else going on that the school and, and Trevor Lawrence collectively just decided it's not worth risking uh, getting him in, getting him out of that protocol with five minutes to spare and put him in a game at South Bend without having done anything but isolate or self-isolate for the last 10 days. Paul, we saw Clemson take on BC this past weekend and kind of, you know, I w- it was a, a win, but it was a struggled win. What do they need to do going up against Notre Dame to get that W without the Heisman hopeful? Well, they're in good shape at quarterback, but, but their defense looked terrible in the first half. And, and, and some of this could be, Keyshawn, that, that Clemson always has this game. And this is not an excuse. This is, this is a fact. Remember last year at North Carolina, they, they needed to hold off Mac Brown's team on a two-point conversion. Three years ago, uh, it was Syracuse that knocked them off. Four years ago, uh, they, had to do, they had to hold off NC State. At the end of the game, they always managed to play a terrible game. And I think that's what we saw this weekend. And I'm sure the Trevor news uh, overshadowed them. But I, I think they're in good shape for, for Saturday night. And, and I, I don't I'm I, you know, with, with college football today, you know, pr- predicting a winner on Monday is, is foolhardy because you just don't know who is going to be around to play in the game. 
But uh, I think they have a reasonably good chance of getting out of there. You have a Heisman vote. Justin Fields played incredible these last couple games uh, with Trevor Lawrence missing at least two games this season with the COVID issue. Does Justin Fields squeeze his way into the Heisman conversation? Yeah, I mean, if you're doing the snapshot, he's probably the leader right now. And, and I might throw Mac Jones in there from Alabama. But I, I always argue, and I'm just one voter, <laughs> ironically here before Election Day, but uh, <laughs> this, this, ballot doesn't need to be, <laughs> this ballot doesn't need to be cast in, until I think it's December 20th. So I, I think anyone who's getting too hung up on what you're seeing week to week uh, is not is not doing their 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 responsibility justice. Uh, I, I think you have to wait it out. I mean, we still I think it's unlikely, but maybe someone could emerge from the Pac-12 that we haven't thought about yet. Yeah, yes, they yeah, are yeah. coming back uh, this week. Uh, I'm just giving this is my my day to be nice to the Pac-12 key. Um, <laughs> but 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 I don't know that though, and I th- I think he just uh, but but Justin Fields has not missed anything. I mean, his, his first two games, he has played flawlessly. With that vote, are you driving it in? Or are you mailing it in? How are you uh, getting it? Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, I've, uh, I've, got a, uh, I've got a drop box here in my neighborhood that I, I go through uh, and drop it off. I'm, I, I don't trust the U.S. mail. Do you guys? <laughs> we have to go to break, Paul. No, in, in, <laughs> all honesty, in, in all honesty, I'm asking Paul about the Heisman vote. I don't know. You guys, you know, conflation. I don't want people to get conflated. Go ahead. Keep it, 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 uh, for those who are wondering, I'm just kidding here. Um, the, you vote. Uh, the, the Heisman vote is done electronically, so you, you email okay. it in. Right. Uh, no hanging chads. We don't need to go back to 2000. Paul does no. live in North Carolina, which is a critical state tomorrow. Paul, thank you very much for being here. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Couple of quick notes. If you want to see Luke Fickle, he mentioned Luke Fickle. You can yeah. see Cincinnati against Houston, three thirty Eastern Saturday on ESPN. Like and there is a small group of people that would love to see Harbaugh get a contract extension. Of course, they live in Columbus State College and East Lansing. Jeez. Paul Feinbaum brought to you by Dr Pepper. The Doctor Pepper heating up. So is your favorite Dr Pepper loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice cold twenty ounce Dr Pepper today. And as Paul said at the beginning. Michigan State was more driven than Michigan on Saturday. More driven brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Still to come, the Browns certainly not more driven without OBJ. So what does it mean the rest of the way for Baker? We'll dig into that. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Grainger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We got some late-breaking news this morning for those of you that love the Heisman Trophy and the chase for the Heisman. Trevor Lawrence is no longer the favorite to win it. As you know, he missed last week's game against Boston College. We'll be out this Saturday when the Tigers play under the lights at Notre Dame. Alabama quarterback Mac Jones, you know, the other QB they signed when they had Tua, moved into the role of Heisman Trophy favorite that, according to DraftKings, followed closely by the Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields at FanDuel Sportsbook. It is Jones and Fields who are the co-favorites. So wait, so Trevor went from number one to number three because he missed a game due to COVID? I think and they're those saying, other guys are playing better, too. Right. And those guys will have opportunity to accrue stats when yeah. he won't. Okay. So that may be what mm. that's all about. All right. To the NBA, Jay, your expertise here. I want the Sixers have officially named Daryl Morey as their Ooh. president of basketball operations. We kind of knew this last week. It is now official over the weekend. They also announced general manager Elton Brand has signed a multi-year contract extension. Your thoughts? Look, Daryl Morey is the right move for this organization. I know a lot of people have been speculated by saying, how does Daryl Morey bring James Harden in a straight-up trade with Ben Simmons to Philadelphia because Joel Embiid and James Harden could be great together. But I, I say this overall. Daryl Morey will surround this team with the right ancillary pieces mm-hmm. to help them get out of the East. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but he is the guy you want to be in control with Doc Rivers. After 13 years in Houston, the Rockets had made the playoffs eight straight years. That was the longest playoff streak in current NBA Times. And lastly, the New York Jets have traded linebacker Avery Williamson to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night. The only reason we mention this is, I mean, how about being Avery Williamson right now, going for the league's only team that doesn't have a win, going to the only team in the league that doesn't have a loss. We should mention the NFL's trade deadline tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern. There's a lot of big names percolating. Who could be moved again? Man, it feel good. I could tell you that. <laughs> to go from that situation to that Man. situation? <laughs> Him and Jamal Adams. He Thank picked, you. He just picked up seven wins. He's like, oh, good. <laughs> and possibly a Super Bowl trip. We'll see from 0 and 7 to 7 and 0. So he'll be a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The next time the Steelers. And Le'Veon Bell. Sorry. And Le'Veon it's like, Bell. Who? Right. We're all getting out of <laughs> Everybody's here. Everybody's getting out of here. Send me to a team that can win a championship. <laughs> no doubt. If it's Pittsburgh, Seattle, or Kansas City, the three guys we mentioned, those are pretty oh, good. Jamal Adams. Too. Landing yeah. spot. Jamal Adams, who did not play last week, didn't practice last week. He hasn't played since week three. We'll see. I'm sure he's waking up in Seattle feeling a lot better than in Florham Park, whatever's going on with him. All right. So I mentioned the Steelers here getting Avery Williamson. They will face. The Browns again in week 17, final regular season week, the all-divisional week, as we know here in the NFL. Obviously, the Browns are going to be playing that game in every game up until that point without Odell Beckham Jr. Key, the early returns yesterday on Life Without OBJ, for anybody that thought that was the case, they might want to eat their words at this point. Well, I, I thought it would it, that Baker Mayfield would be better, better as a quarterback. Not that they can win without OBJ. I just wanted to see him evolve at the QB position. And clearly, it, it didn't happen that way. I thought he would go through his reads, his progressions. He wouldn't lock on to one guy. Um, it didn't turn out the way. You know, it was a, it, you could factor weather in. You could do all of those sort of things. The, the Raiders don't care. They got out of there with a W. And Baker Mayfield is having to answer questions today and tomorrow about his lackluster play. There was a few times in there where he made some good throws that the receivers didn't come down with the ball. But then there was other times where the ball was dribbling at their feet. So, you know, you, you just, you look at it for what it's worth. They they're still in it for a wild card berth. They shouldn't take this and, you know, be mad at the situation. They should just look at it and say, we got to get better. It was just an ugly game to watch. Terrible weather. 
like watching it was the weather just I mean watching Derek Carr get some completions Baker struggle a little bit Jarvis Landry literally had the ball in his hands for a TD uh it didn't work out it, it, it's like th- those are the game within the margins that you feel like you wish Baker Mayfield would have won uh, but at the same time, I give a lot of credit to the Raiders, as Key said earlier in our show. Look, they found a way to win the game in bad weather. I, I just, I don't, I don't take away anything from that game. Being like, all right, like it's over. Like it's, I didn't never, I didn't think anybody expected this team to be better without OBJ. I don't think anybody. I mean, for people that started to run away with that narrative, Key, I, I know you didn't say that. You thought he would be able to go through his progressions better. Yeah, they're not going to be better without OBJ. You got to be a damn fool to think they're going to be Thank better. You. That doesn't Thank it doesn't you. work like that. I just thought that the quarterback would have played better because he's not locked on to someone that he trusts and he believes in. And what happens with quarterbacks, just like if you was playing point guard and pushing the ball up the court, you feel comfortable kicking to certain people in the corner opposed to other guys. You're like, well, I see him. I'm going to kick to him because I know he's going to knock down the three. Baker Mayfield at the quarterback spot feels comfortable locking on the 13, but what the progress with him has been is he stayed on 13 instead of getting off of him when it's not there. Key, let me ask you this question. Coming into the season, though, them being in that division, did you – Do we? it's kind of like the Dallas Cowboys because, like, you always pay attention to, like, the names, the sexiness of the people, the personnel. Like, did you – was it more, hey, I like this team because of their potential – instead of saying, I know this team is going to be in the thick of it. No, I, I like them because of both. I, I picked them actually to win the division, as weird as that may sound, um, because I didn't know what Ben was going to be like coming back off of surgery. And Lamar just, you know, Lamar was going to have a good season, but in the end, sometimes your sophomore, I would call him his sophomore season, because he didn't really play, even though he led him to the playoffs his freshman year, his first year, I'd give this this year his sophomore year because he didn't have a full year. I thought the Baltimore would be, you know, still good, but not running away with the pack, Zubin. Yeah, Baker Mayfield had a streak of 10 straight games with a passing touchdown snapped. Proof that he is indeed, as the fellow said, not better without OBJ. Proof is brought to you by Pennzoil. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. Gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, the team that turned it over four times and easily won yesterday. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.